Well, praise the Lord and good day to you here on this chilly day in Northeast Texas. Here in Queen City, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson at Crossway Church here in our studio every Friday morning at 9 a.m. for Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. And we are studying the law of faith. This will be part three today. And I hope you get your Bibles, pencil, paper, follow along with us as we study and learn and we continue in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Again, it's chilly here. There was frost on the ground this morning. Uh, that's cold for us Northeast Texas folks, and uh, I got some friends who live up in Ohio. Brother Mike Warfield was telling me what we're having is a heat wave for him, and uh, well, uh, uh, boy, I don't know what I'd do about all that, but I, I, I like this Texas weather for the most part. It's really going to be a beautiful day today. Don't forget, Brother Larson is with us tonight at 7 in the morning at 10 and tomorrow night at 6 and then Sunday morning you can tune in watch all the services live or find them online on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page or the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel they'll both be both those avenues the services will be broadcasted live and you can find them there to watch them later as well so that all begins tonight and we just believe in God for great things this weekend as Brother Larson this will be his 16th year, I think I said 17th recently, but it's actually his 16th year to be with us. And every single year, the gospel comes forth, the power of God, the, just the, the, the comfort uh, and the hope that the scriptures bring us come through his ministry. And I'm just looking forward to, to what the Lord's going to say and do this weekend. And uh, we hope that you'd come. Again, it starts tonight at 7 p.m. Hallelujah. Okay, this is the Law of Faith, part three. The first session, this is part three, the first session we entitle just basically what this series is about, the Law of Faith. Last week, we specifically looked at the phrase, the Holy Commandment. If you missed the first two, go back and listen. You will be blessed. I, I know you will if it's the truth you're after, if you're continuing in the Word of God. I Recently, the Lord showed me that uh, there's a lot of uh, wrong things in the body of Christ today. And one of the main things is that we're not looking, we're not after sound doctrine. We're not continuing in the Word of God. And Jesus told those Jews that believed on Him there, you can read it in John chapter 8, that, that he, he said, If you continue in My Word, then are you My disciples indeed. And that word indeed doesn't mean in acts. I mean, there will be acts and works, but it means truly you are My disciples if you continue in my word. You see, we can't continue without the word because the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We must be knowing something, learning something. Thank God for this love relationship we have with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and, 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 and we enjoy his, his love for us and our Father's love for us and He's shed that abroad in our hearts and we love Him and we're in this love relationship. But Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And if you don't know what he said, how can you keep his commandments? Hallelujah. So we must continue in the word. Hallelujah. And that's why we're here today with you and for you to, to help us go along in the word. 
So again, last week we looked at the focus of uh, the Holy Commandment. And we talked a little bit about what God gives is commands. God doesn't give options. And that comes to us and we determine if we'll believe it or not. We, because we're not puppets or robots, we were created with choice. That was proven in the garden. And we can choose whether we believe it or not, but it doesn't come to us as an option. It comes to us as a command. And we need to remember that. Go back and listen to last week's session and you will be blessed if it's the Word of God you're continuing in and because that's what we've got to have to be sound in these last and perilous days that we're living in. They're so perilous that if we're not careful, even as the children of God, we can be calling things that are good evil and things that are evil good. I've watched it all through this political mess that, that didn't just sweep through the country. It Man, it just dumped the, the dustpan out in the church and folk got all wrapped up in it in the name of this and the name of that. And their answer for all the problems wasn't the gospel. And so, uh, you know, that's because they're not continuing in the Word. Those who are continuing in the Word, the true disciples of Christ, they have the Word of the Lord as the answer in the righteous context in which it was written. Hallelujah. And that means the gospel context. Uh, For it's the answer for everything. It's what saved us. It's what we'll be judged by, the Bible says. So we need to remember these things. If you're continuing in the Word, then you're going to have the Word to deliver in every situation. We need to remember these things. When we get caught up and entangled in and carried off through the lust of our own flesh in the many things that are pulling each day on our lives, if if our answer is not the Word of God in the light of the living Word of God, Jesus, and what He did at Calvary, then we're just being entangled and wrapped up and rattling a bunch of uh, chains of bondage to make music with the world's chains of bondage. The only way we can stop that typical rattle of bondage chains is to preach the gospel that released us, delivered us, saved us from the chains that held us bound. Let's don't start rattling them chains again when problems start. Let's start praising God and delivering the word of God, the, the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This morning we're going to talk about obeying the gospel and how important that is and that's how God sees it. That's how God views it. There's only one avenue that God considers people obedient and that's not initially, that's not for the most part in their doing the word of God. Although we're called to be more than hearers but doers also, hearers and doers or James said we're deceiving our own selves if we're hearing but not doing the Word of God. But obedience doesn't come through our doing. It comes through the Holy Spirit doing in and through us. For it is He who works in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And He can't do that unless our faith is located in one place. And that's where Christ gave his life for us. That's the humility God honored, accepted, and rewarded. That's the obedience God honored, rewarded, and accepted. And if that's not where our faith, if our faith is in our doing, then that only leaves room for our boast in what we're doing. 
And what the devil does that's so bad that he's good at is he gets us entangled in all these other things. Really, it's through the lust of our own flesh that we think we can uh, accept this program into the church, this, this new fad into the church, and all in the name of the Lord. And we can do this. All, oh yes, oh, we still believe in the cross, but oh this golden calf of this, purpose driven, the word of this, and, and, and the government of 12, and, and all these new things that creep, creep into the church, we, we think, oh in the name of the Lord we can do this because the Lord is using this. He's not using any of that. He's using the precious blood of His Son, the life laid down and raised up again. We need to remember that. All these other things are nothing more than the golden calf that, that Israel built up. Now they put it right beside the altar in Exodus 32, but God sent Moses down the mountain and said, you know what? I see the altar. I see the golden calf you built. Now I want to know one thing. Who's going to come out from all that and be on the Lord's side? See, you, the, in the mixture, we're not going the right direction. And we're not handling the Word of God properly if, if, while there's a mixture. I understand that we have to learn along the way. We're not blasting, condemning babes in Christ. Matter of fact, we're not condemning and blasting people at all. But where there is a mixture... There is a lack of what God is attempting to do. Where there is a mixture, the Holy Spirit can't work in a mixture. He can't, you, he can't work in a mixture. Now, if today you, you repent and you're trusting in Christ and you, you, you receive the truth that, that, that Jesus died for your sins and, and you've been saved and, and, and you've heard that this is the only way of victory and you've received that and you're, and you're trusting in that. But tomorrow comes and, and we're all still being a little delivered. And, and, and when I say mixture, uh, I'm talking about that we're growing in the mixture. Listen, if, if I just say it's not the cross, that was then and this is now, and God is using all these avenues, all these fads, all these things that come into the, that I believe God did give them to me to use to sanctify, then that's more than a mixture. That's us giving ourselves to that, and the Holy Spirit won't work in any of that, and there's where the rub comes in because they're trusting in that, and that's why there can't be any unity of the faith. You see, all these things are winds of doctrine that blow only children, toss children to and fro. That's right. Uh, ba babes, and they tossed them to and fro. Winds of doctrine, unless we're grounded in sound doctrine, which is the Word of God and the light of the living Word of God and what He did as the Lamb of God at Calvary, then we're going to be blown, tossed to and fro as children until we come back to the place where we learn to cling more securely to Jesus and what He did at Calvary each and every day. This is not a message that just gets people saved. This is the object of faith that allows us to glory and to boast in our God because it's been excluded. You remember in Romans chapter 3 verse 27, the very phrase, the law of faith is given there by the Apostle Paul to show that all other boasting of any type of any other law has been excluded. 
We can't boast in anything we do. And that right there is proof that those fads don't work. None of them. God has given us one object to boast in, and that's Christ and Him crucified, Galatians 6.14. He forbids that we boast in anything else. I, don't milk that down. Don't, don't pervert that. If we're not boasting and glorying in the cross of Christ, the work carried out there for us, there's only one other place that our boasting can be, and that's in these things and what we're doing in these things. And God doesn't honor it. He won't reward it. He won't give us strength and power as we trust in anything other, boast in anything other than that law of faith. If we're going to live according to the law of faith, then we're going to have to put our boast in what that is. And it's the law of Christ, the law of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's look at this obeying the gospel this morning because that's what God sees when a heart is believing the gospel. It's in Romans chapter 6. Most of us who follow this ministry anyway know this, but you can't read this too much. You can't talk about this too much. And you and I are going to have to take this banner all the rest of the days of our life, for many, most will reject the truth that's found in Romans 6. And many who have received it will begin to milk away and move away from the kindling fire that burns only through faith in the cross. We've got to hold this banner to the end. <coughs> We've got to be like the Apostle Paul. At the end of our lives, we've got to say we've kept the faith. We fought the fight. We finished our course. And that means we've kept the faith that was given us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Romans 6, 16. Don't you know that to whoever you yield your servants to obey, yield yourselves, servants to obey, watch carefully, listen carefully, His, not it, not that thing, His. It's not what we're obeying, it's who we're obeying. Let's read this again. Know ye not that to whom, to whom, not to what, but to whom, you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants, you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin, and that's the noun, that's the sin nature, not what, not a Budweiser can, not a marijuana joint, not a... No, who? Acts of sin are acts, verbs of sin. This is a noun, and it's... We don't serve a what. We always, at all times, are serving a who, a him. Watch carefully. Whether it's of sin, that's the sin nature, the one that had us bound, that held us in under the dominion of sin and death because we were under the law. Listen, that's who we obey if our faith is not in the cross. Watch now. Whether of the sin nature unto death, for Christians, that's just a non-fruit-bearing place. 
Paul said in the next chapter, I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, the sin nature revived and I, what Paul say, I died. The church in Sardis, Revelation chapter 3, I know I say it all the time, but I don't say it near enough because most of the church don't know what I'm talking about. Most of the church has no idea. They don't hear these things. They, they think they're okay. We're good. Listen, we're not good as a body of Christ. We're in big trouble. We need to know that. Jesus told the church in Sardis, you got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. What's that mean? That means the object of their faith was no longer Christ and His sacrificial work. They were no longer hearing and receiving of the Lord because He tells them to repent and return to the place they can hear and receive. Now they were hearing and receiving from someone. Get that with this scripture. They were serving and hearing and serving someone. Because we are at all times. And the sin nature can make you think you got a name going on for yourself. You are the church that's alive and worth the drive. Because see, Romans 7 teaches that the sin nature deceitfully deceives us and slays us. The sin nature when ruling and the sin nature rules without doubt when we're not trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. When we accept the government of 12 as, 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 as God's answer for sanctification, the sin nature revives and we die. Why? Because that's what we're trusting in and no longer Christ and what He did at Calvary. And you can't say both because God looks at the answer of both just like He did in Exodus 32 and says, what do you mean both? Who's on the Lord's side here in this matter? Because with both... Trusting in both, trusting in anything other than the cross is from our heart telling the Lord the cross is not enough. I also need this. And we're deceitfully deceitfully deceived by the sin nature because the sin nature tells us we can do these things and find victory. That's the sin nature lying, deceiving, and bringing us to death where there can be no fruit bearing. Look at it. Don't you know that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, His servants you are to whom you obey, whether it's of sin, that's the sin nature unto death, a place of non-fruit bearing, or of obedience unto righteousness. And that's really trusting in the obedient work of Christ unto death so that we can walk in the place that we were created. Ephesians 4.24 The Christian, the believer in Christ and what he did at Calvary is created in righteousness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He set our feet on a path of righteousness. He robed us in His righteousness. Hallelujah. Told us that if we'd love His righteousness, He'd make our hearts glad. If we'd seek His righteousness, the righteousness of His kingdom first, that He would add everything to our lives. If we learn to, to hunger and thirst after His righteousness, what, what did He say He'd do? He'd Fill us. Hallelujah. It's all about this righteousness. We were immediately, when we were born again, we'll see it here in the scripture, He made us servants of righteousness because that's the only avenue of serving God. 
We're either serving the sin nature through faith in anything other than the cross. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what in the Bible it is. If you're trusting in the baptism with the Holy Spirit to overcome sin, you're never going to overcome sin. And if you think you are, and there are millions who think they're overcoming sin because they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and what they think they're doing, they go to speaking in other tongues. Thank God for tongues. I speak in tongues every day. Hallelujah. But they, when, when something happens and goes wrong in their lives and they commit sins, they just think they can speak tongues speak in tongues their way out of it, my friend, that, that won't ever work and they're deceitfully being deceived and they're dead because nothing we do, let me say that again, nothing we do can save or deliver. Nothing. And when we believe it can, that's the sin nature telling us that. That's the sin nature dominating. That's the sin nature deceitfully deceiving us and keeping us in a dead place where there can't be any fruit of the Holy Spirit. Watch. Whether it's a, There's only two avenues. There's not three. There's two. We serve the sin nature deceitfully and unknowingly. It doesn't matter if we don't know the answer for daily victory and all grace to come into my life is through faith in the cross. It doesn't matter if I don't know that or if I do know it and I'm just being hard-headed and rejected it anyway and just being stubborn. We all know what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter if I'm ignorant or I'm willfully denying, ignoring. The result is the same. Death. <clears throat> death. Not physical death. Non-fruit-bearing place. Falling from grace. Galatians chapter 1 and chapter 5. The whole letter actually. Watch now. Let's read it again. <clears throat> Don't you know that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin nature, and remember, we got to say it again this morning. It's not a what. It's a whom. Because his servants you are. He's not even talking about the devil here. He's talking about the sin nature that we're born into this life under its dominion, dead in sin, separated from God, only reconciled when we believe and trust in the work of Christ on the cross and that wrath of God is removed. We step into a relationship with God and Him in a relationship with us and we, in a moment, stop serving that one who's held us bound and changed. That sin nature, that whom, that Him when we begin to serve a, a new master, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, because, watch now, whether of sin, the sin nature unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness, but God be thanked that you were the servants of the sin nature. Remember, it's not a what. Boy, y'all need to share that. Y'all need to be sharing that. It's not a what. It's not that... It's not that thing that's got you in bondage. It's the sin nature. 
It's the sin nature. We may be in chains of bondage of alcoholism and drugs and lying and gossip and tongue, but it's because the sin nature is deceitfully deceiving us, telling us that we can do this and overcome. Preachers by the drove are telling people, if you'll do these three things, God will deliver you. I was there. I don't just say that unknowingly. I was a preacher who told people that. And the Bible says in Romans, 7 5 that it's the law that helps help it's the law that puts the the sin nature in motion so every time I tell somebody to do anything for salvation or deliverance or any grace to come from God other than trust in his son's work at Calvary I am helping to put that sin nature in a deceitfully deceiving place to destroy them. I'm not happy that I did that as a preacher, a minister for years. I'm, I'm not happy that I operated as a minister of unrighteousness for years, but most are there today. Most are there today, not because they're mean or ugly, because they just don't know. But again, the result is the same if we don't know or we have heard and known and turned away from it. The result is death. That means non-fruit bearing. When I'm not trusting in the work of Christ at Calvary because I've replaced that with something other I do that I think I can get salvation or any part of sanctification or anything from God then I'm serving someone else and that's where most of the body of Christ is watch now but God be thanked that you were the servants of sin but you have obeyed notice the word obeyed now we know this is told us here because it is a holy commandment as we saw last week in 2 Peter 2 and 20. Peter writes, It's better that you never knew the way of righteousness than after having known it, turned away from the... He doesn't say way of righteousness. He says the holy commandment. You see, the blood of Christ offered to all of humanity is a command declared from that old rugged cross that day. They didn't know what was going on that day. They, they thought the one that had done all the powerful works, well, he must have been stricken of God. He, 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 whatever power he had, he obviously doesn't have it anymore. In all reality, when he was resurrected from the dead and, and began to teach and began to show them that what I, all I told you is true and that every word I ever spoke to you was spirit and life, but I had to suffer before the glory comes. Suffering before the glory. We, we had to realize that it had to be in that way. And they didn't know that until he was resurrected and could then share with them the truth of who he was and what he really came to do because they didn't get that before. If they would have got that before, many occasions he told them right out in plain language. I've got to suffer and die at the hands of these religious rulers, but I'll, raise, I'll be raised on the third day. Well, they still didn't get it. So they went on back to their old lives, not, not sinful or anything, but they, they just thought he had been the one, but he, well, I guess he wasn't. But when he was resurrected from the dead, 
he showed himself to many and taught them for many days, 40 days, I believe the Bible says. And I'm, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful today that you and I can walk today, 2,000 years later, with the Word of God as we continue, as we said earlier, in the Word of God, that we see a clear and clear and clear picture of what really happened at Calvary. And we can see now if we will have ears to hear and receptive hearts to the Word of God that there is a sin nature. And that sin nature longs to rule and dominate and, and put us in a place of a non-fruit-bearing, non-fruit-bearing place. A place where we've fallen from grace. And when we fall from grace, there can be no effect or profit from the Lord Jesus Christ who is the mediator of this new covenant. You need to read Galatians chapter 5 if, you, if, if this is new to you because Galatians 5 teaches that what I'm saying, a born-again, spirit-filled church that there had been miracles among, the Bible tells us, had fallen from grace because they began to look over when they were told, you really got to be circumcised to be saved. You really need to keep these feast days if you're really going to be saved by this God who's the God of the Jews now. And Paul, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, tells them they've fallen from grace. This is what happens when we accept the mixture. When we accept the mixture, we don't, listen... Until we begin to hear the Word of God in the context of the cross, we're not ever going to know that. We're not going to know that. That's why I encourage you ministers of righteousness. I'm talking about you ministers who the Lord has shown His covenant that's in the blood of Jesus that is concerning all the words of the Bible. I know the attacks are strong. The accusations are strong. But you, please, I beseech you by the mercies of God, don't let anything allow the message of the cross to become that which was only a phase in your ministry. For it was what God began His ministry in your heart through. And if your ministry remains legitimate, then His ministry will continue in you because your faith remains exclusively in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He will begin to teach you every chapter and verse in the light that shines through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at this now. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, the sin nature, but you have obeyed from the heart. That means it wasn't an act carried out. It was what you believed in the heart. God saw your obedience in the heart. When you obeyed from the heart, that doctrine, that teaching, which was delivered you. You know what that means? I hope you would look it up. It means that which was entrusted to you. Get that. Go look that up. Write that down. Look it up later. That's what it means. This 
form of doctrine, this form of teaching that was delivered you, that means that which was entrusted to you, commanded you, and when you obeyed it, now God has entrusted this with you. You need to look at that. It'll bless your heart. Being then made free from the sin nature. Listen. We've looked at this like we've been made free from the acts of sin. And we were delivered from the acts of sin, but it's because we stopped serving the sin nature. See, the answer for salvation is only in Christ in His death on the cross. There alone does God save anybody. Does God allow them to walk in His daily plan of deliverance where we're delivered from ourselves and all the false things we believe or even the new fads that try to tell us that the sin nature will scream loud. Our flesh will even try to go after things because there's a constant contrariness between the flesh and spirit. Galatians 5 and 17 tells us that it's constant, it's habitual. The flesh wants to say it can serve God in its own strength. But the Spirit says God can't be served outside of that which He made you a servant of. That's His righteousness. Watch this now. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. When the heart believes under righteousness, which is believing and trusting and depending on the righteous one and His righteous work carried out at Calvary, The Bible says we've now become servants of that. We're servants of what we're trusting in. And there's only two avenues to choose from. That which Jesus is, who He is, and who He is, and what He carried out for us on the cross, or the sin nature. There's not a third option. There's not a third option. There's only two that we'll serve. We can choose to serve one of the two. Faith in the cross made us a servant of that righteousness that we believed on from the heart. Get that? And when somebody says grandmother or good friend or whoever preacher I've known for years and years that I've trusted and honored, but when I hear this truth, and he says, yeah, I know about the cross stuff and that's where we were saved, but you also have to That's why it's a very painful thing to see almost every Christian today, almost every person who gets born again is, is invited to a church and becomes a part of the church that's teaching this two things, this three things, this, these things, that if you'll do these things, and there is pleasure and blessedness when we're involved in the works that are in Christ. But the only way we walk in Christ, which means experience the works that are in Christ, Colossians 2.6 tells us, as we have received the Lord Jesus Christ, like so walk ye in Him. Because there's only two of which we get to choose to serve. And when I'm thinking that I can be saved or sanctified, or have any of the grace of God through any other avenue, 
than not my faith in the born-again experience years ago, but me trusting in that work today. If I believe I can get anything from God except through the door that He opened for me as His Son through His Son's death at Calvary, then whatever I'm trying to offer God, praise, worship, obedience to the Word of God, if it's not going back through that door through faith then the sin nature is lying to me again, deceitfully deceiving me again. And I'm in a non-fruit-bearing place, even if I think I'm bearing more fruit than ever before. The church in Sardis had a name that they were alive. They thought they had more fruit. They thought they were very fruitful, but they were caught off guard just like I was in 2004 caught off guard. And the scriptures begin to come to me in the light of the one they were written about. And I begin to see how all the things that I trusted was me telling God the cross wasn't really enough. And I can no longer imagine standing before my Savior saying, thanks for the blood, but thanks for all the other things you sent into my life. And he's going to say, I didn't send none of that. God's offered one thing for the full package deal of all grace, all salvation, all sanctification, all His will to be carried out. And that's His Son. He's the one that if we're hearing God, it'll be by Christ. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And Hebrews chapter 12, 24 tells us the avenue by which we'll hear God speaking by His Son, which is the blood of His Son. It's the blood of Christ speaks better things, speaks better things than that of Abel. Come on now. Hallelujah. This is good today. Watch now. Paul quotes, let's read verse 18 again, being then made free from sin, from the sin nature. This is why a lot of Christians are confused. Well, I got saved, but I'm still not free from... And I understand that. Because typically, for the most part, things do fall off when we're born again. Things begin to fall away. And we walk out of many chains that have held us in bondage. But some things are still there. And that's when we start looking for answers. Why, why am I still trapped in this? Why am, I don't want to do this. I want to serve God. I want to please God. This is embarrassing me. This is... We got to see these scriptures in the right light or we'll be trying hard, working hard for our own deliverance when Jesus did the work, finished the work that was perfected and can take care of every situation. Being then, then when we obeyed from the heart that form of teaching that made us free from sin and we became servants of righteousness, being then made free from the sin nature, you became servants of righteousness in the moment. 
All that happened before we understood everything. Before we stood any, understood anything. We still don't understand everything. But before we understood what was happening there, it had already happened. That's why we must, as Jesus said, continue in His Word if we're going to be His disciples. You understand that? We must continue in His Word and the Word must be in the context of the cross because He said you can't be my disciple if you don't take up your cross and follow me. Luke 14, 27. Luke 9, 23, He says if any man come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. See, it's the Word of the cross. Continuing in the Word of the cross makes us disciples of Christ indeed. Truly disciples. True disciples. He's the true vine. There are other vines. He's the true vine. I like it when the Bible uses the word true in our Hebrew study we're having now in chapter 8 on Mondays and Thursdays. The, the, the Bible this week we saw in chapter 8 refer to the heavenly sanctuary as the true tabernacle. We need to check these things out in the Word so we can continue growing from this increase of knowledge He's pouring out in the last days. Let's look at chapter 10 this morning, verses 16 and 17, where the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome and actually quoting from a prophecy given by Isaiah, he says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Watch this very carefully today. For they have not all obeyed the gospel because Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? See how he equates here obeying with believing. Not believing with doing, but, but, but obey, not obeying with doing, but obeying with believing. Not obeying with our doing, but our being obedient by believing His doing. Oh, it results. Let me say this today. That faith, my friend, results in doing, but it's the doing of the Holy Spirit carrying out the Word of God living in us. Jesus living in us now, through us now. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Notice this is all tied together. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, but when faith comes by hearing the Word of God properly, and it must be properly because we can be hearing it improperly. We can be holding God's Word out of its righteous context and all that's being produced is ungodliness and unrighteousness, Romans 1.18. And again, back to Sardis, they thought they were hearing and receiving of God, but they were not. And they were commanded by Jesus through John in the letter to repent <coughs> and to return back to the hearing and receiving place. But they had a name. They were alive. Oh, they had lots of works, but they were dead works. Dead works. For only <coughs> the blood of Jesus can purge our conscience from dead works 
Hebrews 9, 14, to serve the living God, which you served how? Only in righteousness. That's why He made you righteous, put your feet on the path of righteousness, robed you in His righteousness, and made you a servant of righteousness because outside of believing with the heart under the righteousness Christ carried out for us and finished and perfected at Calvary, then it's not obedience and faith can't come. Faith doesn't come outside of its righteous context. Let's read it again. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. That means they, they've not all come to the conclusion and a dependence and a trust of faith in Christ and Him crucified. For that is the gospel wherein the righteousness of God is revealed. Romans 1, 16 and 17. But they have not all obeyed the gospel <coughs> because Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report. And again, in God's eyes, believing the gospel is equated with obeying God. Obeying the gospel, obeying the one. Remember, it's either him that's unto death or him, him. Not what, but him that's unto death, sin, him, the sin nature, or him who's of obedience unto righteousness, Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So then, now he's talking about those who are believing that God sees are obeying the gospel, the report of the Lord from Genesis to Revelation. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And let's cover this a, a little more extensively, something I said earlier that needs to be talked about. Jesus said if you, to those who believed upon him in John chapter 8, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples. That means you're my learners. You're the ones learning of me. And in another place, I gave you the scriptures, Luke 9, 23, if we're going to come after him to be able to follow him, we're going to have to deny ourselves and to take up our cross. True biblical denial, the result, the fruit of true biblical denial, the denial that Jesus talked about, results with our faith in the cross. Or we're just denying to be denying to be denying. And our boast, whether we realize it or not, is in our denying. But true biblical denial has as its fruit and result a faith that's in the cross of Christ. Then we're following Him. And that's daily Jesus taught. It ain't a phase we go through and now we can move on. This is something we got to preach. We got to teach. We got to believe it. We got to obey it. We've got to carry this cross. Hallelujah. We've got to march on in this victory race until the end of our days. Hallelujah. Or until the Lord comes for us, either one. Because faith don't come outside this context, my friend. 
Faith doesn't come outside this context. I've said it for quite a while. Faith can't come unless God's words are being held in righteousness, received in righteousness. This is not taught on. This is not taught on. This needs to be taught on. Faith can't come if we're trying to use God's word in a fleshly avenue. And, it, and, and the Word of God can't bring us faith if it's not through the gospel because the result of faith is always, according to the Scriptures, the righteousness of faith. The righteousness of faith. You'll see that a couple times in Romans chapter 4. The righteousness of faith. Your trust in Christ and His work at Calvary made you righteous. And if I went through the list a while ago and didn't hardly give any about righteousness, we, we have stepped into that place, been robed in that. And I won't go back through it again. I get excited. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the faith can't come. That means if faith can't come, that means life can't come. In experience. Talking about experience. If you're a Christian, Christ dwells in you by His Spirit. You're seated at the right hand of the Father right now in heavenly places. I, we're talking about now and here and now. If faith doesn't keep coming, that means we're not continuing in the Word or we're continuing in the Word out of its proper context. But if it's in the right context, which is the context of righteousness, all God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. I know most don't want to hear sound doctrine. They just want to kick back, close their eyes, and waller around in a chair a little bit, talking about, oh, it's just all about love. No, it's about continuing in the Word of God. Continuing in this Increase of knowledge being poured out to God's people in these last days. I, I thank God for computers and, and, and the increase of all that knowledge, but what His mind is on is the increase of the knowledge of His Son being poured out because there is a people still that tremble in His Word and they continue in His Word and they see a brighter light of the one who is the living word and faith keeps coming and we live by faith. We walk by faith, but faith can't come outside the gospel context of the Bible because the path we're on is the path of righteousness and it takes every word of God, every word that proceeds out of His mouth. We live, Jesus said in Matthew 4.4 and I believe it's Luke 4.4, both of those, that we don't live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and we don't live outside of faith in the blood. Therefore, every word in the Bible, the blood of Jesus is concerning every word in the Bible. Not just because we got saved one time by the blood, but every word must be in the context of what Jesus did. Let me share something with you profound. It is to me anyway. But the Bible, when it talks about prayer, is never really just about prayer. When it talks about 
any doctrine in the Bible of which there are many. It's never just about that. Jesus said the volume of the book is written of Him. And every word of God must be seen in the light of the gospel or it's not the proper light and faith can't come. And if faith can't come, we can't overcome. If faith doesn't come, we can't live an overcoming life. If faith doesn't come, then that means we're just functioning according to the flesh. It takes faith for us to live, to walk, hallelujah, and to be who we are in Christ and to function as the people of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Everybody doing all right this morning. My goodness, there's a lot to share. There's a lot to share. But we, we need to think about these things. Do you know, and, and we've got about, we got about eight minutes, so let me touch on this. In the book of Exodus, chapter 24, verse 8, oh my goodness, for the last 12, 14 months, this has filled my soul with great joy. And what I mean by that is the more the Holy Spirit shows me the one He was sent to show me in the Word, which is Jesus, the truth, hallelujah, the more my heart leaps with joy. In Exodus 24, verse 8, the Bible says when Moses had poured half the blood on the people and then half the blood on all the, the, the utensils of the, of the ministerial things there, <coughs> he declared the word of the Lord, which is this, Behold the blood of the covenant that I have made with you concerning all these words. He read the law and then the blood was sprinkled. And then the declaration was made. Behold the blood. He didn't say behold all the words of the law. He said behold, look at, see the blood I've made with you concerning all these words. Now let's look at that this morning in Hebrews chapter 9 because the writer of Hebrews declares it again in this great chapter. Let's look at verse 19. For when Moses had spoken every precept, every word, that was the law, to all the people according to the law, every precept according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet, wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people. My friend, that is the story of what happened at Calvary. You need to see, but watch this now. Watch this. We won't, we won't dig all that out, but watch verse 20. This is what Moses said. Again, this is coming from Exodus 24 verse 8. And he said this. This is what the Holy Spirit through the writer of Hebrews relates to us that went on in that story you read in Exodus 24. And the word spoken by God through Moses was this. <clears throat> this is the blood of the covenant which God has enjoined to you. Do you know what the word enjoined means? I'm glad you asked. Commanded. Commanded. Let's look at it again. 
This is the blood of the covenant which God has enjoined unto you, commanded unto you. I hope you're getting that. Unless our faith is in what God has commanded us, which was the gospel, then no matter what we find in the Bible and try to carry out, it won't be obedience. Remember the sin nature while we're serving the sin nature. He's deceitfully deceiving us so that he can slay us. Read Romans 7 verses 9 through 13. Because that's what the sin nature does while we're trusting in any of these fads. These soaking showers. This I hear people say it all the time that I can praise my way into victory. My friend, if your faith is not in the cross of Christ, you're not going to praise your way into anything except more bondage. And if you don't think you're in bondage, it's because the sin nature is deceitfully. You know what the word deceit means? It means I believe that's right even though it's not. And I don't know it's not. I'm deceitfully being deceived. The best example I've ever heard is me being told it'd probably be good for you if you told a lie here. Sometimes lying helps you. That's a, a, lying is a sin. Sin never helps. And if we think it does, we're deceitfully deceived. And when I believe anything other than what Christ did for me at Calvary in His death is going to save, sanctify, or help me. Get me any grace, I'm being deceitfully deceived because the one I'm really serving is deceitfully deceiving me and slaying me, making me think that these things do work. I am having fruit. But Jesus told that church in Sardis, no, you got a lot of fruit and you got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. And if Jesus tells His people that they need to repent and return to the place of hearing and receiving, that means the one they've been serving, even though they've got a name that they're alive and look like they got it all going on, it's not Him they've been hearing and receiving from. And it's not Him who's been doing the work. It's only them making a name for themselves, all in the name of the Lord. Remember what's going to happen if the great white throne judgment didn't I do this in your name? And I don't believe it's going to be a declaration to God there. I believe it's probably going to be, wasn't I doing that in your name? Because at the great white throne judgment, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And they won't be forced to. Nobody's going to be there forcing them down on their knees. <coughs> They're going to bow before Him of their own selves and confess Him as Lord. But because He don't know them, He's going to make them depart from Him. The only place God knows us is where we come to know Him. 
And that's through faith in His Son and what He did for us on the cross. And I hope today's session has been a blessing for you, a help to you. Most of all, those who follow our ministry know these things. And I encourage you not to just allow these things to be something on the shelf. These things that we learn in Romans chapter 6 and this increase of knowledge that's being poured out in these last days, you'll be amazed at those who reject it. You'll be amazed. Some of those who've preached this will begin to back away and say, well, it's really not all about, listen, let's don't be in that group. Everybody's got a group they're in. Everybody, well, all this stuff, that group, that, everybody is in some type of fellowship. I'm thankful to be in the fellowship with those whose focus is Jesus and what He carried out for us at Calvary, and then I can walk in the focus of God's eyes. Amen. Psalms 32 8 says, He will instruct us in the way because He guides us with His eye. Only as we look at what God's looking at will we find ourselves being led by Him and not deceitfully deceived about it, but in the faith with the fruit of our salvation. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in today. Tune in not next Friday. I'll be in Belleville, Texas. Andrew's getting married. Hallelujah, Andrew and Rebecca. Great wedding ceremony next weekend. It got here awful quick. Looking forward to that. And uh, just uh, uh, join us this next week, though, on Monday and Thursday for our Hebrews Bible study, 8.30 a.m. Central Time on those days. Help us share these broadcasts. Share them on any group that you're in. Share them on YouTube. Share them everywhere because the church needs to know what the difference is between faith coming and flesh coming. Hallelujah. Pray for us. We're praying for you. This surely is a narrow way and it surely sometimes can feel lonely but we're going to keep on like the Apostle Paul refusing to be moved by anything else and just keep trusting in the precious redemptive plan of our faithful Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. If God stirs your heart to give to this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you and I'll see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then.